who loves Common Core and who hates it? Which candidates want to abolish the Department of Education? And what does Donald Trump think about all this? The 2016 presidential election is heating up. With 16 candidates now in the race, we hear from an expert about what the top dogs think. Plus, our weekly roundup of the EdTech news coming up. I'm Mary Jo Matta. And I'm Michael Winters. Welcome to the Ed Surge podcast. Let's get started. Are we over-regulating student data privacy? Susan Donarski, professor of education, public policy, and economics at the University of Michigan, says yes. Over 170 state bills have been proposed so far in 2015. And in the New York Times Upshot section, she suggests that proposed legislation risks harming the students who need help the most. Donarski argues that by restricting student data usage, the legislation would prevent researchers from conducting studies documenting things like the benefit of smaller class sizes. And the award goes to Commonlit and Kinvolved. This year, Teach for America's Social Innovation Awards honored edtech companies. Commonlit, which provides texts to literacy teachers, will receive $50,000, and Kinvolved, a communication tool for students' support networks, will get seventy-five. dollars and Rooted School, a network of charter schools in New Orleans, will take home $25,000. Over the course of teaching Python and iPhone programming to more than 100,000 students on Udacity, teacher Kunal Chawla learned just how difficult it was to translate in-person teaching philosophies to an online medium. So, he's sharing his lessons learned in a four-part EdSurge series entitled 20 Tips for Teaching Online, and here's a few of them. Within his six essential tips for planning an online course, he strongly recommends using lesson plan templates, just like an in-person teacher. And for actually teaching the online course, make sure to pause and use silence to your advantage, where students can think about questions that you've posed. And now it's time for this week's Kachings. Fullbridge has raised a $15.4 million round led by previous investor GSV Capital. The Cambridge, Massachusetts-based company provides students with coaches and mentors in workplace fields like sales or financial analysis. And Vista Equity Partners will fork out $350 million to Pearson for Student Information System PowerSchool. You can read more about that deal on edsurge.com. Congratulations to all the companies that raised money this week. And if you're interested in learning about more Kachings, check out our newly released Kaching report for all the details on the $145.4 million raised in U.S. EdTech in May. We're not only counting the number of dollars given out this week to companies, but also the large amount of summer opportunities that are out there for teachers and students. This week, EdSurge published its list of more than 20 opportunities to eliminate that terrible summer brain drain and instead add to the bucket. So on this list, challenges like Brain Chase and the Scholastic Summer Reading Challenge keep kids active, all in the spirit of healthy competition. And for you teachers out there, free in-person PD like EdCamps and ISTE's Unplugged series in Philadelphia are great to attend without breaking the bank. And don't forget your local library's Read More Books program. I always did that when I was a kid. That's cute. I appreciate that. Did you not do that? I did not do that. Really? But I was I was going more to regular summer camps, sports camps, science camps, because I was a big nerd. Uh, we'd just read all summer. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> OK. 
Okay, now on to this week's deep dive. And for the first time today, we're actually going to return to a topic that we've covered in a previous podcast. A couple of months ago, right after the first candidates put their hats into the ring for the 2016 presidential election, we chronicled some of those first candidates' views on education. And since then, the race has grown significantly more crowded. As of this recording, June 18th, there are now 16 candidates who have declared they will run for president, 12 Republicans and four Democrats. There's so many. There are people that I haven't even heard of before running for president. I mean, George Pataki, who the heck is that? It sounds like a character from a Nickelodeon show that I watched when I was a kid. And where on earth did this Lincoln Chafee come from? Uh, Rhode Island, but point well taken. The field is crowded. I follow this stuff as a hobby, and I haven't heard of either one of those guys either before the election started. Uh, and, and that leads me to a point that we made back on that earlier show. We at EdSurge are experts at reporting on EdTech and EdTech's effects on schools. We are definitely not experts at reporting on politics. But even though we do focus on EdTech, we know that the election is important to us and to you readers. So we went out to find an expert who would talk to us, and Michael sat down with him to chat. Here's the interview with him. We are very lucky to have with us today Brandon Wright, who is a managing editor and policy associate at the Fordham Institute. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And what, what is your role uh, at the Fordham Institute? What does managing editor policy associate mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're a pretty small shop, um, so we all kind of wear a lot of hats here. Uh, but I spend the majority of my time on kind of different policy projects. Um, so I write some some uh, blog posts like the ones we'll talk about here. Um, I wrote a book with a colleague that'll come out in September. We're working on another one now. Um, and I also edit and curate our weekly publication, which is called the Education Gadfly Weekly. Fantastic. Um, and, and before we get into the individual candidates, where does education rank on the very long list of issues that, that voters care about? Uh, sure. Um, it's kind of a tough call. Uh, I actually just did a podcast with a colleague, and he said that education has never been the biggest issue in a presidential election. Um, he's a bit older than I am, so he's seen a bit more. So I'll mostly defer to him there. Um, but even if it's not the most important one, um, it's definitely an important issue always, I think. Uh, and Common Core, of course, is pretty big right now. Um, so education could be a more important topic than it has been in the last two. Um, but, you know, it's kind of hard to know so so early on. Um, education's kind of an, an interesting issue because most people, kind of regardless of their party, want the same end, right? They, they kind of want kids to be well-educated. Um, where they split, I think, is on, is on how to go about that, what, what works best. Um, so Republicans generally like something like school choice, more local control. Um, Democrats tend to like school choice a bit less and are more okay with a greater, a greater uh, federal role. Um, so you see that with the Common Core. Only one of the re- one of the Republicans supports it, uh, Jeb Bush, and in large part that's because of the federal role. Um, while actually not a single Democratic candidate has says has said anything against it. That's a great transition, Brandon. I wanted to ask you about Common Core because obviously we're hearing a lot about it in the election so far. Why is it such a divisive issue? Uh, yeah, so I think it's divisive for the parties um, because it's kind of an important and divisive issue in the national conversation. Uh, 
you know, obviously pol- uh, politicians reflect their their constituencies. Um, and the people who support the Common Core do so because they think it's kind of an, uh, a super important reform and will improve education across the country. Um, I suspect that the opponents on, on the right see it as kind of a federal intrusion into a local issue. Um, but many on the left also are against it. Um, and they might see it as kind of unfair to our teachers who already have a lot on their plates. And there's also kind of been a lot of conflating of standards and curriculum, um, which of course aren't the same thing. Uh, so Common Core doesn't really say anything about about what books kids are supposed to read or what textbooks they're supposed to use. So that that kind of conflation has led to uh, some misplaced complaints too. Let's walk through a, a couple of the of the candidates, um, and in particular, we're going to focus on. Um, what I've seen in a couple different lists are the are the quote top tier uh, presidential candidates for for both sides. So, starting with the name that you could argue is the biggest name in the election, that's Hillary. What do we know about Hillary Clinton's views on on K twelve education? Uh, yeah, so she hasn't spoken a ton about education. Um, the last time I checked, for example, uh, aside from some talk about college debt, um, she doesn't actually say any anything about education on her campaign site. Um, she did recently suggest, without exactly coming out and saying it, that she's okay with the Common Core, or at least some some version of it. Uh, but unfortunately, to kind of see her views on other big issues like school choice, you have to go back uh, to a speech she made to a teacher's union in, in uh, 2007. Um, and there she said that she did like charter schools. Um, she didn't like vouchers, though. Uh, she supported... Um, teaching non-cognitive skills. Uh, she said that teachers should get paid more, classes should be smaller. Um, so those views, right, are kind of old, so they could have changed. Um, and uh, it's not exactly K-12, uh, but but she did just call for universal pre-K. Um, and she also said that she supports President Obama's uh, free community college plan. Okay, so a lot of history to, to go on with Hillary. Do you yeah. think that Having been in the in the political spotlight for so long, does that hurt her or help her with you? Um, I think it depends. Uh, right, personally, I think it's fine, if not a good thing, when when a person's views change as they age. Uh, I'm actually a little more concerned when people believe the same things for a very long time, regardless of of you know new evidence or new experiences. For me, it's fine. Do you think that we'll see more detail from Hillary about K twelve or about Common Core coming up? I think so. I, yeah, yeah. She'll 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 have to uh, confront um, both of those things, uh, right? If 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 she does get the Democratic nod, right, she'll have a debate, and right. Um, I think education will be an issue. Great. So let's um let's switch parties. Let's talk first about. The, the guy who has been called uh, by some the most knowledgeable candidate about education in the whole pack uh, also has the most exclamation points in his logo. That's Jeb, Jeb Bush. Uh, he he and, and his support for Common Core and School Choice that's are, are very well documented. So can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about that and, and what else do we know about Jeb and K-12? Uh, sure. So we actually know a lot about Jeb. Um, he's been doing this for a long time, uh, right? He, he did a bunch when he was uh, at the helm of the Sunshine State, um, and he did a, 
a lot more when uh, when afterwards he he started an ed nonprofit called the Foundation for Excellence in Education. Um, aside from Common Core and School Choice, right? Um, he likes EdTech. He's uh, he's voice support for things like Course Access um, and kind of more generally, uh, he thinks we ought to redesign education um, to kind of fit around our technological capabilities. Um, he also thinks teachers should be paid more. Uh, he believes preschool is important, but that it ought to be, you know, kind of done right. Um, and he's also spoken out against kind of the common opinion that uh, that class size is a super important issue for for, for outcomes. So, uh, Brandon, a lot of the views that you just mentioned are not uh, ones that that a person might commonly associate with the Republican Party. For sure. Do the, are these how much or how little do you think these these views on education might hurt him? Uh, I think it really depends on on uh, on how well he kind of explains them, um, and how much his opponents attack him on education. Uh, so I think it's kind of hard to tell now. If 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 people are serious about education and know a lot about it, um, Jeb would be a good candidate if if uh, if you're a Republican. Staying down in Florida. Uh, Marco Rubio is the, the next person in that top tier uh, Republican candidate. Uh, he's moved a little bit to the right on on some issues recently, like immigration, for instance. Where does he sit on education? Uh, yeah, so um, he doesn't like the Common Core, um, but he actually believes it started off as kind of a, a well-intentioned effort to improve schools. Um, he more laments the federal government's role in it um, and in in fact, kind of on that front, uh, he's floated the idea, as many Republican uh, candidates have, of, uh, of eliminating the U.S. Department of Education entirely. Um, aside from that, uh, he's for school choice. He likes local control. He likes career and technical education. Um, he's also expressed interest in kind of non-governmental education funding. Uh, so, for example, he's called for education tax credits to help uh, low-income kids pay for private education. Um, and he's even suggested kind of a rather bold idea of allowing private individuals to essentially invest in student futures. Interesting. And l- let's get back to something you said earlier. You talked about Marco Rubio and others uh, arguing that they want to shut down the Department of Education. Brandon, is that something that can really happen? Or is that sort of a, a campaign promise um, playing to the to the base of the Republican yeah, Party? So- Personally, uh, I don't think anyone would do it, um, but I spoke to a colleague um, about this, and he, he described it as a negotiation tactic, right? So you would start far off on, on, on where you actually want to be, and then when you compromise, you're where you're at. Um, so I don't think anyone is going to do away with the entire agency. I think that'd be very hard to do. Good. That's uh, It's good. Now I know that I want my next raise to be a salary of $1 million. We'll <laughs> see where I end up on that. So rounding out the, the, the what people are some people are calling the top three Republican candidates, um, Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin, not uh, is not actually in the race yet. He has not formally announced his candidacy. Um, right. But most people are expecting him to run. Where does he stand on, on education? Uh, sure. So um, he also opposes the Common Core, um, not surprisingly. Uh, he likes school choice, local control, 
Um, he also opposes kind of the common approach to teacher seniority and tenure. Um, instead, he favors things like hiring and retaining on performance um, and also basing pay on that, which would be based on things like test scores. Um, and then on the higher ed side uh, in his state, um, he's pushed for tuition freezes and backed a measure that would reduce professors' uh, tenure. Um, and he also thinks right, the state's higher ed environment should be kind of more competitive and market-based. So um, I don't know how that would translate to a national policy, but that's what he's done in, in, uh, in, in his state. Fantastic, Brandon. That's that's a great summary of all four of those candidates. Uh, now, I'd like to get a little bit more specific. As you know, our focus here at EdSurge is, is technology in the classroom. And you know, we've, you've talked a lot about Common Core and school choice, and that's definitely something that's coming uh, loud and clear through in the election. But are any candidates at all talking specifically about technology in schools? Oh, uh, yeah. So um, I've actually seen three of the official ones talk about it, um, four if you count Scott Walker. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Jeb likes EdTech. Um, so like I said, he's talked about things like, like course access and redesigning education around our tech capabilities. Um, Rubio uh, is another one. Um, he's mentioned a national uh, virtual learning platform. Uh, Rand Paul thinks we should find the best school teachers, put them on the internet, and have them teach more kids. And Scott Walker has lifted limited virtual schools in, in his state. Um, but that's really all I've seen. And I don't think any of them, uh, as far as I could tell, have gone really uh, in-depth into what exactly that would look like. Well, we will uh, certainly keep our eye out for any more information on that. Uh, and Brandon, just one one final question to, to wrap up this interview. The most important right. question I'll, I'll ask you today, uh, Donald Trump. What are Donald Trump's views on education? What do we know? <laughs> so I actually just published a piece today on his quotes. Um, are they are they even are they even full sentences? Are they coherent they're, thoughts? They're, uh, they're actually pretty 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 in line with with the field. So I guess I don't know what that says about field or jab or. You know, <laughs> All right. Well, um, Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Brandon Wright is a managing editor and policy associate at the Fordham Institute in Washington, D.C. He's also the host of their uh, Education Gadfly podcast. Brandon, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Okay, so let me see if I can summarize this kind of quickly. So it sounds like there are basically three education camps in this upcoming election. So first, you have most of the Republican field. They hate Common Core, but they love school vouchers and school choice. Mm -hmm. Then you have Jeb Bush, who is Republican and does support school vouchers and school choice, but also supports Common Core. Mm -hmm. And then you have all of the Democrats, and we don't know much about what their stances are right now except that they're sort of all right with how things are going at the moment. Yeah, that's that's oversimplifying things a little bit, but I think it's a good place to start. And right now we can let things be simple. It's still very early days in the election. As we progress closer towards November 2016 and candidates are tested more on their positions, things are only going to get more complicated. That they will. So look out for more political updates from us coming up in the future. Only 500 days until the election. Woo! All right, well, that's it for today. 
Major kudos to Brandon Wright for sharing his political thoughts with us. We can't wait to see you and everyone in Washington, D.C. for our upcoming EdSurge Summit in July. July 12th and 13th. That's right. And a big thank you to Kunal Chawla, Toria Williams, and all of the other writers who contributed to EdSurge this week. By the way, a super big shout out to science teacher Brandon Zoris, who tweeted his thoughts about Adam Bellow's ISTE interview from the EdSurge podcast a couple weeks ago. Brandon, we love your point of agreement on the fact that companies should place emphasis on solving problems instead of just making money. So keep on tweeting. And last but not least, thanks to all of you for listening and for reading EdSurge. We could not do this without you guys. Nope. If you want to drop us a note, uh, please feel free. We're at feedback at edsurge.com. That sounds like a junk email, but remember, they all go right to my inbox. It's real. Or you can tweet at us at at EdSurge. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And one last note before we go, if you've got a cool initiative or product, um, apply for the Digital Innovation and Learning Awards and get recognized for your efforts. All you have to do is go to dealas.org and submit an application or nomination. And Dealas is D-I-L-A-S. The competition is open to educators, administrators, and ed tech companies. That's right. And the winners of each category win a trip out to the Bay Area to hang out with us. That's right. Uh, amongst a lot of other prizes, Michael. Yeah, but clearly the best prize is hanging out with us in the EdSurge podcast studio. Hashtag truth. <laughs> All right. I'm Mary Jo Matta. And I'm Michael Winters. We'll see you next week. This is the EdSurge podcast.